Yo, what up? We are back with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. It's your boy, Ant, along with Matt. Hello, sir. Hi. Um, I got today off, so I got to sleep in, which means I'm doing this about approximately 15 minutes after I woke up. Um, so that felt good. Because what? We did what? 48 <laughs> hours of streaming? This weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from like noon to noon to midnight, pretty much. Four noon. days in a row. Yeah, yeah, which is insane, which is insane. But you know, it's it's hoop season. Like this is what you have to do, you know. Um, so of course, because we just had mm-hmm. four straight days of hoops, we have the Monday just filled with a whole bunch of narratives and. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but John Rothstein tweeted out that Ed Cooley, uh, his house is for sale on Zillow. And then you have Fana, which is a really big, big East guy. You know, he's putting out there that pretty much like Ed Cooley to to, uh, Georgetown is, you know, it's all right there. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of consigning. Um, Jeff Goodman said the same exact thing, along with St. John's, Latino. Good for the good for the Big East. Good for the Big East. I think they need. I think they need Georgetown to be good. And I'm I'm pretty sure you know, UConn fans and whatever. Like, like look, Georgetown needs needs to be good. Um, you just from just a brand cultural standpoint you need them in the national spotlight with those sweet jerseys and those sweet jordans that are like blue gray white just like the perfect the perfect get up you know the perfect but um yeah i can't wait until they're good again and can ed cooley do that i don't know um in the last 10 years he's brought in uh two dmv players and one WCAC player to Providence. Uh, he's had a couple from Baltimore, then a couple from like down in the 757 area. But in terms of um, recruiting the D.C. area, he, he just hasn't done that. So we'll see if he'll be able to get some of these DMV kids to stay at home uh, and then continue to recruit heavy on the East Coast uh, and get some of the better talent around the country. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. Again, like you just mentioned, you know, Georgetown belongs to a you know, a very small group of schools that actually is in a fertile recruiting ground, right? A place that actually produces talent. Um, there's there are only a couple places around the country that just consistently, you know, pump out guys, and the TMV area is one of them. Ant can do it, attest to this. Um, as like many other, you know, former five-star recruits and, and all that jazz. But I would say that I, the Ed Cooley hire at, at Georgetown to me is a little bit underwhelmed. I still feel like they could have gotten a better coach. The one that's most interesting for me out of the two potential hires, right? The alleged deals that are going on. Um, is the Rick Pitino one because 
St. John's is a school I think that has a lot of potential. Like New York City is a big draw. Um, St. John's itself should be a, a big draw. The problem is they play in like crappy facilities, right? They have a crappy gym. Um, they haven't been consistently good for a while. But that's a team that I would love to see get good in the Big East because I think it'd be fun to watch a lot more games in Madison Square Garden where they're good. I think it'd be a lot, a lot of fun to see some of the New York point guards, right, that come out of, you know, Brooklyn, that come out of, you know, the surrounding areas of the New York City metro area, right? I would love to see them running point for St. John's. I think that's right. that's cool to me, right? Um, plus, like, I think the Northeast needs another big school. Like, you got yeah. UConn. And then there's a cliff. Um, they could use a big school up there. Yeah. You Villanova there, kind of. Villanova, but yeah, Villanova's Philly, Jay Wright's and, and also Jay Wright's right. gone. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm talking like you have UConn that's like closer to Boston, and you you need a school in New York that's good, and they haven't had a school in New York that's been good. So, so Midheim, you're saying Midheim didn't. Uh... Do the uh, do his due diligence of coaching up there in uh, Hughes. He's basically in Canada, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Your version of the Northeast is very different than mine. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so Syracuse has been good in the past, right? But like, I feel like it's been what ten years since they were good, and that was the last Final Four appearance, right, for Syracuse, twenty thirteen. No, it, they it had 20, another one in 2017 because they made one as a play-in. yeah they they made one as a as a play in. I remember that much. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so they they did do that, yeah. but they're they've had such like incredible highs and such incredible lows, right? In the last ten years, this so yeah, this has been completely and utterly inconsistent. 2016 was that final four. Yeah, so 20, 2016. Yeah, so it's been it's been about seven years. Right. And that was a playing game. Yeah. Six, seven years since that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a while since North. And, and in that time, too, you, it's not like UConn's been great. <laughs> it kept Hollywood a national championship that fell off a cliff. <laughs> um, and so, again, like, I think that area of the country, I mean, they love college basketball. Like, whether it pisses you off or not as a Big Ten fan, right? Because you go and look at guys like John Rothstein that thinks like, oh, Northeast basketball is the best basketball. And you're like, it's not, dude. But like, okay. Um, it's still an area that that is a basketball, like, first place right and i think in a in basketball first places right in in places that love basketball even more than football like they deserve to have good teams like that's my thing about indiana right it's a basketball conference it's a basketball area straight up and you know that's why you don't see a ton of football recruits come out of the northeast 
It's really not. I mean, like outside of New Jersey, outside of Jersey, outside of Jersey, yeah, yeah, outside of Jersey, it's like you're not seeing a lot of guys out of Boston. You're not seeing the top guys out of, you know, Massachusetts, you know, New York City, the whole Massachusetts, Connecticut area. Like they're not coming out there, like and going football. Like that's basketball. Everybody grows up playing basketball there. Um, it's the same re- same reason why I, I love when Indiana is good and, and Purdue is good, right? Because it's the same way in the Hoosier State. Changed a little bit since Peyton Manning was there, but I mean, for the most part, everybody grows up playing basketball, right? They grow up with a basketball in their hands, right? Like those areas uh-huh. deserve to have good teams, and I think um, like New York, especially New York City area, deserves to have good St. John's. That's swaggy. And then we'll see what what happens with um, St. John's and Mike Anderson because I, I think I think Mike Anderson is filing a lawsuit because St. John's is trying to fire him per cause, which saves them eleven million dollars. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what goes on with that. That could be a situation just like with Kevin Ollie and UConn. They ended up having to pay out for him. Um, St. John's also has to put money in, into that program, in my opinion. Um, as we talked about, the facilities aren't great. Uh, they're playing at the Garden quite a, quite a bit, but but their facilities on campus are just not that good. Um, now, if Ed Cooley does leave Providence, I think Providence is in a really good position uh, to hire someone who's pretty good. Um, if you're looking at Providence from a standpoint of they believe in basketball, like they just put mid-eight figures into a basketball facility for the program. So... I think also Providence has to see, okay, why did why did we lose Ed Cooley? If 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 this ends up going down, Providence has to look at themselves, okay, why did we lose Ed Cooley? Okay, one of his biggest gripes was the backing when it came to NIL and funding, right? So you have to be able to make some changes for the next coach when once that next coach comes around. And I think when that next coach comes around, you're going to be able to um you know, put in place some more tools and resources for that coach to do well. Right. Um, there was yeah, I mean they 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 just got to upgrade stuff. It's got to go like uh, college basketball. A lot of my classes in in college talk about how you know college basketball and college sports in general is like an arms race, right? Right. You got to put the money in up yeah. front to get in the race. The Providence did that, and uh, St. John's is lacking. And George, I've heard Georgetown is also a little bit far behind. So, yeah. Um, can I talk about a dumb tweet that was tweeted this morning, yesterday morning? No, last night. It was sure, let's do it from last night. So this is from Dick Weiss at Hoops Weiss. Looks really old, by the way. Too, he, he probably is. Um, he, he tweeted out, okay, time for NCAA selection committee to reassess how they evaluate teams. No more giving out eight bids to one league. Big 10, which hasn't won since 2000, only has one team left, and that is Michigan State, coached by the great Tom Mizzo. I would, under, I would understand if the 7, 8, 9, 10 seeds went under 500 in this tournament. Right. So, yeah, I am more convinced than ever that 
the Big Ten does not have a national problem. The Big Ten has a Big Ten problem. And they have so many when when they get eight bids, one or two are in good seeds to move on, right? We think mm-hmm. it was in a good seed to move on to a sweet sixteen and we know Indiana lost, but they were in position to go to a sweet sixteen as well, right? Playing against yeah, playing against Miami. And that's and that's a and that's a twelve five game where y'all could have very well been facing Drake last night. Right. So it's just one of those things where the better seed you are, the better you know, you're better you're in a much better spot to move on to that next level. If the seven, eight, nine, tens went two and four or one and five, I would agree with him. But mm-hmm. what's so much different from them beating a, what's different from uh from Penn State beating a seven by twenty and say like a two that beats a seven? Like they both beat a seven. They both beat a seven, right? It's it's yep. just so much that the two seed beat the seven in the round of thirty-two, and not the round of sixty-four. Mm-hmm. So, if if you have teams that are winning that first round and going forward, statistically, they're not supposed to move on. Like Michigan State, statistically, was not supposed to beat Marquette, right? But we saw it before the tournament even started. We were like, if anyone was going to do anything in the seven, eight, nine, ten range, it was going to be Michigan State, or it was going to be Penn State, right? And everything yep. was pretty much validated. Yeah. And uh, I think you even said Northwestern with like UCLA, and it just so happened those were the best games. Those were the best games for that next round for Big Ten teams in that seven, eight, nine, ten slot. And we had said Maryland had the had the toughest of those guys because well outside of Illinois, but we felt that they could, they could beat West Virginia, but we felt that their trip was going to be tough because of Alabama it was like right there waiting for them. Um, but when you're really mm-hmm. looking at it, I think this tournament, I think the big 10, in my opinion, let's forget about Purdue for, for one second. <laughs> let's forget about Purdue. Yeah, I know we shouldn't. Let's throw that. them out for half a second. I know we shouldn't do that, but Purdue completely fumbled. I mean, they should be sitting in a Sweet 16, um, playing against a Tennessee team that I don't think would have given them problems. Because um, I don't think they have the personnel anymore in Zakai Ziegler to give Braden Smith issues. Purdue absolutely folded. I think that they would have gone to the Elite Eight. And they would have had their hands full with whoever comes out, whether it's Kansas State or whether it's Michigan State. Um, I don't like the the national narrative around the stuff, and we talk about it all the time. It's just really annoying, and it just lacks context. Um, I don't see anybody barking about the ACC only getting one team in the Sweet 16. I don't see it. And that was one of their higher seats out of what? There were five. There were five. ACC had limited teams get, had a limited amount of teams get into the tournament, but they were still rewarded with a four seed 
that lost inexplicably. Miami Furman. Yeah, yeah. Miami Miami won the conference, didn't they? Um, did they win the conference? I believe I thought they won the regular season conference. They didn't win the ACC tournament, but I thought they won the regular season championship. So them and Vir- them and Virginia split that pretty much. Them and Virginia split that. Okay, but still. Yeah, but still, Virginia, lose to Furman. Duke, you lose to a Tennessee team that doesn't have their starting guard. Miami, good job. You go to a Sweet 16 because you didn't have to play a guard in the round of 32. You had to play a shooting guard. Literally. And the point, point guard. Pittsburgh, I think I think Pittsburgh showed well. Going from a play-in, losing in the round of, 30, of 32. NC State, you lose to lose to to a, a tough Creighton team, in my opinion. But no one's talking about the ACC. Why? Because it's not low-hanging fruit. And they're like, oh, well, you know, they they did, you know, you know they won in you know, a few years ago with this team and that team. It is so hard. It is so hard to win in the NCAA tournament, bro. Like, you, you have to have, like, the perfect formula, and you got to have the right match for you to move on. Um there's just so much. There's just so much nuance in the in the whole thing, and I hate the fact that people just take out all context and they're just looking at wins and losses, and they're looking at oh, only one team left without bringing up the fact that you know in the coin flip games they're four and two. It's it's just really really frust- frustrating, and from a national standpoint, it's pretty irresponsible seeing that you know you have a vendetta against. A conference, all because in the in the non-con they did what they were supposed to do, right? They didn't have a whole yeah. bunch of quad fours. They had two quad four losses: Central Michigan and Eastern Illinois, right? One of those teams you you know you gave a harsh punishment for. You put them at what eight, nine, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, you know. It's uh, it's tough. It's tough because it's the same tired, it's the same tired thing every single year. And if Michigan State ends up losing in the Sweet Sixteen or losing their first game of the Final Four or losing in the Elite Eight, we're gonna see that. We're just gonna hear that crap again. We're gonna hear it again. Like Michigan State couldn't get it done. Big Ten sucks. Yeah. Like okay, there are seven. There's seven, and they've made it this far. I think it shows how deep the conference is. The fact that the Big Ten Conference had – there were – you know, there was Indiana down to Nebraska. So you're looking at 11 of the 14 teams were all within three games of each other. Three games of each other. Now, yep. you, could, you could say it's a bunch of mid, but I can tell you that that killed – that killed their NCAA. They killed them because the perception is, oh, these are just a bunch of seven, eight, nine, ten seeds just just going at it all day, every day, and that's just how we're going to see them. So that's why you have a team in that twenty-two and yeah. twelve, and you know twenty-one and eleven, and it's oh man, it's just really annoying. It, it's annoying from a Big Ten fan perspective. Um, and, I mean, I mentioned this now on multiple podcasts, but I think the perfect reason as to why the Big Ten, uh, the perfect metaphor and perfect example 
of why the Big Ten doesn't do well in March was that Indiana game last night. Um, you have <laughs> you go back and you look through the years. There's always multiple teams that have this guy that's a national player of the year candidate. He's not a guard usually. Usually a forward. You go back to Luka Garza. You'll have um, for Michigan like you have Hunter Dickinson. You'll have Trace Jackson Davis. You have Zach Eady. Right. These guys are in the Big Ten. Uh, Caleb Swanigan for Purdue. We're going to do a throwback, right? RIP. Um, you know, these guys that come out of the Big Ten, big guys, dominant, need the ball, and they run into these smaller teams that play faster, play harder, and are just guard-oriented, and they lose to these teams. And then we sit here and we scratch our head what we're doing wrong. <laughs> and you see that team probably make not just the Sweet 16, but make a run to possibly a Final Four. Like, I think Miami could do that. Will they? Probably not, no, because they're running into it. the buzzsaw that is Houston. Um, that'll probably be a little bit healthier, given that they have a couple days rest. But that's going to be a fun matchup, right? Because that Miami's team is completely built on guards. You have Nigel Pack from Indianapolis, right? Got it played on as an AAU teammate with Leal and Galloway and Christian Lander. Um, and then you have the other guys um, on that team. You have Wong, who's just an NBA prospect, an NBA guy. He's an absolute killer. You've got uh, former Indiana recruit Harlan Beverly. You've got, um, you know, move <laughs> – a popular, right? Like that, that whole team, like they're just a bunch of guards that just don't really give a flying two fricks, right? And they're going to guard you 40 feet and they're going to get out and transition and they're going to try to force steals and they're going to try to, you know, dunk on you at every opportunity they can and hand in the face. They don't care. They're going to still shoot the ball. It's still going to go in. Right. That the big 10 hasn't had a team like that since, Michigan's final four run. Right? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a while since since the Big Ten set a team that's that's so guard oriented, right? With I'm not just talking like, oh, they play through the guards. I'm talking like not only do they play through the guards, but they got like all you know all American type guards, right? And multiple of them. I would say Michigan State 2019, and I would say Michigan in 2013. I think those were the two. Yeah. Really, like, it was guard player bust. That that Michigan 2019 team probably should have been a Final they Four were team. Really versatile. They were still really versatile and good on the inside. But one had that's the one had Tillman, one had Bogner, you know. Yeah. 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 Those were those were the teams that that really had a shot in the Big Ten in the last 10, 15 years at winning a national title. Um, I put Indiana up there selfishly as well, 2013. Wisconsin, too. Wisconsin, too. Yeah, but my thing with Wisconsin was it wasn't – it was like Kaminsky and Decker and – I forget the the other – their third guy's name. Yeah, but they did have – they did have – they did have Bronson Koenig and Josh Koenig yeah. and Trayvon and Trayvon Jackson was also big. I know, I know it was. Yeah, I guess so. I know it was Frank and Decker's team, but like Frank was, 
like he was more of a forward. Like he was, a, he was such like a, he was, a, he was, he was a lot, he was a lot like Wagner. I think he was a more dominant Wagner, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was a bit bigger, right. but he could really, he could really, uh, I say more dominant Wagner. Like he can. He can really establish himself on the inside and not have to always be there. Like he could be on the perimeter hitting threes. You want to be on the perimeter, right? You're pump faking a little bit of booty ball, right? Get to the mid range. Tough to guard. Sam Decker was so good. Nigel Hayes that year was so good. And then I always talk about how underrated he was. Dusha Dukin, who really didn't have a, you know, was very limited, very limited on this team, but you could just see how good he was. Uh, Zach Showalter, that dude just running all over mm-hmm. the place. Showalter, yeah, like ultimate coach's son, right? That's who that was. I yeah. I like that team a lot. You know, they battled, they battled. They could have won it all in 2014 too, if if you know Kentucky didn't do that lucky crap. Um, because that was that was a really good team. In 2014, like we forget how good they were. That team finished 30 and eight, you know, and they had they had Ben Brust. Yeah. Remember Ben Brust? He was tough. Yep. He was he was tough. He was real real tough. But um, man, like even that team could have won the whole thing. And it's um, but they've been right there. They've been right there. And I talked to uh, Mark Titus about this where he asked me, like, does it really bother you? And I said, no, it doesn't. It bothers it, – it would bother me if they never got – if they never got the opportunity to win one, right? If they keep on doing right. what Purdue was doing, like, even in the Elite Eight and something crazy like that happens where they're not even getting the Final Fours, if you're not getting the Final Fours, you don't – you're you are not – you are a very unserious title contender, right? So, you know – he asked right. me, and I'm just like, look, bro, I'm not upset at what's been going on. I'm not upset at what's been happening. They just, they just got to close the door when they when they get those opportunities. You know, you have Michigan in 2018 who was able to get some upsets in their favor, right? And they had a buzzer beater to help them out. You need some of those things to happen. But they ran up against the buzzsaw in Villanova. That Villanova team, so good. They had, like, what, five or six starters? Just the apps, five or six, five or six starters, um, five of them league, like league, league. I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, two day, you know, two way contract. I'm, I'm, I'm talking drafted, guaranteed money, NBA dudes on that team with Mikel Bridges and Jalen Brunson, and you know, you got your boy Devin Senjo, and then you, you, know, you, they got all these dudes, man, who did, who have done an absolute job, great job. In the league, um, yeah. they're right there. They're so close. I don't know if they're going to get it this year because um, there's a lot of <laughs> hurdles <laughs> in the way. Um, but I, th- I think mm. Michigan State can get to a Final Four. You think? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I-, I think Michigan State probably, honestly, out of that region. They might be my favorite to make the Final Four, um, just based off of what I saw in that first weekend. Again, Michigan State, you want to talk about it a little bit. 
Michigan State went two games where I think they shot seven of 30 from three total and won both of those games. Like, and this is a team that relies on three point shooting. Um, yeah. And. But they still had guard play, though. They, right? They did. They still had good guard play. Look, what I was, what I was screaming in the playback down the stretch was get the ball in Tyson Walker's hands. And down the stretch in that Marquette game, when they needed him most, he was making buckets. I mean, it was, if it was a contested mid range jumper, if it was a heavily contested layup at the rim, it didn't matter. That was going in. You knew Tyson Walker was hitting that. And that's the kind, you now Tyson Walker's the kind of guards that you need on your team, right? You need an absolute killer on your team on both ends. Tyson Walker does on both ends. He might be the best guard in the league. I know we've talked about Jalen Pickett making the All American team, right? And people want to say Jalen Pickett's the best guard. What Tyson Walker does on both ends for Michigan State might make him the best overall guard in the league. Legit. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like their backcourt, their backcourt um, willed them. And Joey Hauser also had a very good weekend, too. Very good weekend. Joey Hauser in game one, 17 and eight. And I believe in game two, he had, was like 14 and 10, I want to say. Now, Tyson Walker had 12 in the first game, 23 in the second. AJ Hogarth had 11. And then he had, I believe, 13. Uh, efficient. Very efficient. Very, very efficient. As well, like yeah, these guys weren't just jacking up shots. Um, Tyson Walker, uh, he's looking at what he took. How many points did he have in the, or how many field goal attempts did he have? He had 17 attempts in the Marquette game, nine in the USC game. So out of 26 shots, he was able to to uh, come in with 35 points, zero turnovers from him, zero. Zero turnovers this whole weekend. Like that's just I mean, that's what. Play. Yeah, that's what good guards do in March, right? That's what they do. Um, and like, that's, not just, what Jay, that's not what that's not what Jalen Hachivino did last night for Indiana, right? Like, so. <laughs> but another thing, his youth showed up. His youth yeah, showed up. yeah. I mean, he was. We were his talking about this in the, the halftime space. He was long and everything because he could just see the adrenaline pumping through his veins. And uh, by the time he settled in, Indiana was down fifteen with like two minutes left. And that was just. You know, but how does that feel though, as an Indiana fan? You know, getting back to feeling like March again. How does that feel for you? Back to back years, we made the tournament. But actually, back to back years, we have a win in the tournament. I know a lot of people don't want to count. Uh, playing games, but playing games okay. counts. Okay. Um, we over the West. We count wins over Wyoming. Yes, we do count wins over Wyoming. Um, they put they such a they, hey, that Wyoming team was funky, and they probably would have gone on and won. Um, or I think they probably would have given St. Mary's a, a better shot than, than we did in the next game. But suck it, Maldonado, suck it. <laughs> I was a funky. I was a fun. That was one of the weirdest basketball games I ever watched. It was ugly. Um, but you know, Woodson found a way to get that team into the tournament and will them into the tournament last year on a with a roster with a talent level that I didn't think was acceptable. Still, of an Indiana team. Um, again, he only had one off season to really to fix that. Um, yeah, that last year was his season. first year. Yeah. What was Archie doing with these dudes? I, I think Archie should legitimately be locked up 
for his crimes against humanity for what he was doing at IU. I swear to God. Um, I think he was an Ohio State plant. <laughs> really? Really? You know, like whispers every single time I played Ohio State about how Archie always wanted an Ohio State job. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Oh, Anyways, yeah. we're, we're better than this. But, yeah, so Woods in second year, I'm fine with it. Now, the problem is Indiana is losing four starters on this team, right? Te- oh, they're losing four starters, but technically they're only losing three starters. No, they're losing four starters still. Yeah, no, they're still losing four starters. They're losing four starters and on a team that started six people, yeah, right? Overall, whole year. So there's two. There are two starters yeah. possibly returning. Um, that played this year, and that would be Galloway and hopefully Xavier Johnson if he get the waiver. Um, that would be returning. I'm interested to see what they do to fill Trace and Race and Miller Cops juice. Because you need guys that score points. <laughs> I think I, I looked at it as like 60% of the minutes has gone off this team. And with the four guys leaving with Jalen Hitchfino and Miller Cop and Grace Thompson and Trace leaving. And it's like 50%, 60% of scoring as well is leaving the team. And this is not a team that won the conference. This is not a team that had a fantastic bench at the end of the year. Like I used team scored zero bench points last night in that game. Uh, Jeez. So, and your, and your bench isn't that bad. Like it's really not. No, they were just tripping last night. I I swear to you. Tamar Bates goes. Oh, of seven from the field. Um, you know, Malik renew. His confidence is up though. His confidence stays up, at least. His confidence is undaunted. Okay, he he's ne- I, I I respect that honestly. I I respect that he's willing to continue shooting the ball even though not shooting it well. There's just certain times maybe his brain should kick in and be like, hey, maybe taking this contested mid range jumper when we're down ten and could use an actual good play is not a good play. And is very desperation focused, but you know it is what it is. <laughs> oh man! But yeah. So, anyways, I looking forward to next year for Indiana. This is the last quick thing I'll, I'll mention. Indiana, but they need a guard to pair in the backcourt. If they think that's going to be Tamar Bates, right at the end of the day, and that he can play the two, and he's going to be that guy, I'm okay with that, right? But you got to go get. Just know that you're unserious about a national championship. Just, just know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you need to go and get a high level guard, and I'm sure there will be some in the portal that Indiana will go after. Um, I've seen Indiana linked with Jamison Battle, um, which, which would be very interesting. Um, Peyton Sparks out of Ball State would be an interesting prospect, though. I have a bone to pick with that because. I would like Indiana to go after Flory Badunga in the 2024 class. And if you get Peyton Sparks, he still has two or three years left of eligibility as he's a sophomore. Both. You can't play them both. And you can't play them both. 
right? So I would rather go find a senior big that's got one year left of eligibility and then have that spot open for Badunga next year. Personally. How old is how old Sparks is, I can tell you right now, but I know he's a sophomore. Peyton Sparks is, doesn't tell me his age, but yeah, he's a sophomore. He's a true sophomore. Interesting. 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 Y'all should go after that uh, Josh Josh uh, Josh Cohen guy. But he's the St. Francis guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty good big. Pretty good big. Uh, he's got an official visit to Penn State today. Yeah, and he's and he's mobile. Like he he fits the mold of hey, you want to compete for a Final Four? I think he fits that mold honestly. But y'all, yeah, he does. You still need a guard. Yeah, is JHS gone? Is that like a, a like a for sure thing that he's out of here? I mean, uh, yeah, I would say I I was encouraged if if you have strong copia. His reaction last night that he was just so utterly devastated, I think, is. Could indicate one of two things, depending on on how rosy color your glasses are for an IU fan. Um, either it's a, you know, he's gone and he knows that's his last game in college, and he left it all on the line. He feels bad for the seniors, right? Which is what I think it was. Or B, which I've seen a lot of, he's devastated and he's going to use that to want to come back next year. But I, I would say if you're being realistic, there's a zero point zero 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 one percent chance he comes back next year and for those keeping track that was like a trillionth of a percent okay so like he, <laughs> he's not coming back he's not coming back you you go he's gonna be a top 15 pick in the draft or, he, or i guess he's gonna be like between the 13 and 18 range but either way he's gonna be a first round pick in the draft you should go go Go, go get that contract and go get on a team that will develop you and, and get your shot to be a little bit more consistent um, and work with you on your decision-making and mold you into the best player you can possibly be and get that second contract and then get to go live in the Bahamas for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, go do that. And it's better for the program, too, if he leaves, Right. Because he's a guy that, depending on where you look, was from you know, some recruiting rankings had him in the top 10, other had him in the 20s, right? And then for him to end up being yeah. a top 20 pick in this draft where you have multiple European players, by the way, that weren't on those ranking services coming and taking picks ahead of you, right? Like, that's good. Like, you increased his draft stock in one year. Right. And so when you're looking down the road and you're trying to build a championship team and you're going to need some high level pros, some freshmen, right, down the road. And there's some of those guys in Indiana, you can point at this film. You can point to the Trace Jackson Davis film of getting him from a guy that probably wasn't going to get picked in last year's draft to a guy that people are talking about possibly being a late first round, early second round selection this year. Trace. Who? 
If he goes first round, I'll send you 50 bucks. I'd be surprised too, but I've seen some whispers that he's like, there's some teams that just love his playmaking. It was on display last night too. It was on display last night. Especially in a league where shot blocking is so important and defensive versatility. I mean, that's Trace in a nutshell. Shot blocking, defensive versatility. Yes, he's smaller, right? Six foot nine. But I think he has the athleticism to keep up. I mean, he had five blocks last night, 23 points, an assist, eight rebounds, was seven to 10 from the floor. Now you still lost by like, 24. Yeah, but that game was a lot closer than what the final score was. We know that. No, they just started raining in threes at the end. It was not – that was not fun. Why did they panic? Like, they were only down, like, eight or nine. You guys were, like, all out blitzing them with, like, three minutes left. Yeah. I mean, that's – I I think that's pure panic. You're also – you're playing guys like Tar Bates and Jayona Javino who – I mean, you say, like, act like you've been there before, but they've literally never been there before, right? <laughs> Actually, literally the whole team hasn't been, right? Outside of yeah. outside of one game last year, there is no March experience on this team. It's not like Miller Cop had any at, at, at Northwestern. True, true. Right? And uh, Xavier Johnson didn't have any at Pittsburgh. And I, I love those guys, right? And I and this is what scares me about the Jameson Battle thing. I know we're talking about Indiana forever, about a team that just got eliminated by Miami. But like the Jameson Battle thing scares me because he's also a guy that doesn't have a ton of March experience. Loser. Yeah. But you know what? I don't think that's an excuse after seeing what Must does year in and year out. He just took five transfers mm. and took them. Now they're back in the sweet sweet sixteen. Like literally, yeah. I guess if you if you believe in your staff and you believe in the in the coaches, then I guess so. And, and that's why I I still like Jameis Battle. But that the only thing that would scare me about Jameis Battle is that because they look they had look, Musk brought in counsel from Wichita State. He's always a loser. yep. Brought in the the Mitchell twins from Rhode Island. <laughs> you know he was losing there. They both were losing there. He brought yeah. in uh, what's his name from Mizzou. Brazil from Mizzou. Mizzou was not good last year. I believe the other one was from South Carolina. I think it was Graham. Um, uh, they didn't win anything last year. You know, guys never won. None of those guys coming in won. On top of six freshmen who are wet, right? They're fresh out of high school. So you got 11 scholarship yep. players coming in, and he had to figure that out. You know, and yeah, I did. But that's why Musk is a good, good coach. Yeah, you got, you got to have that. You got to have that mindset. You got to have that mindset. Like, it's like, look, is this an ideal situation? No, but I'm going to make the most of it. You know, I'm right. going to show these guys the ropes. I'm going to have them understand what the culture is. I'm going to teach them how to win in, in this very short period of time. Point blank. Um. Are there any names in the transfer portal that like really jump out at you yet? For me, not so much. You know, I'm looking at it right now. And no. 
we've been on here. There have been three names who have who have uh, who have entered since. You know, one's from Akron, one from Charleston, one from North, Northwestern State, and um, like no names to really like in your face outside of outside like Jameson Battle, Josh Cohen. I like J- Jameer Nelson too. Um, mm, but, yeah, like there's not a lot of names where I'm just like, yo, this kid. I mean, Taron Armstrong is also a good player, but. Uh, it's it's lacking. It's lacking so far. It's lacking so far. But we'll see. I think it's early. It's early. Again, it's just the first weekend of March, right? Uh, you know, there's <laughs> like literally like there there are some schools that that are going to have guys that transfer right um, that are still competing in the CBI, right? Or they're they're still competing in the NIT. Or their, their teams are still even in the NCAA tournament, right? That are going to transfer. That's not even the guys that are still sitting there debating their decision about whether they want to go in the transfer portal or not in the first place, right? The season just ended for most people, what, a week ago? A lot, a lot of times people take time to, to make those decisions. And, some of them a couple weeks. Yeah, some of them a couple weeks. And there's some who have been out for – a long time they've been away they just went went into the portal early you know just hanging out yeah 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 so uh, not a lot of, not a lot of names that that i think stand out to me in the transfer portal so far and then used to the same thing but like i i do think they'll there'll be some standouts here in probably like a month or so that'll be in the, the portal over the next month yeah i'm looking at um so I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, given how things went at, for instance, like North Carolina, how there's only two backup guards that are leaving that that program. Where? UNC. I think one of them are going to leave. Somebody's from that backcourt is going to leave. Yes. Somebody from that backcourt is going to leave. Some of their high recruited freshmen are going to leave. You know. You see what Duke's bringing in, who's leaving for the draft from Duke, right? And then who's going to come back on that team, right? Who leaves there? I mean, that's just Duke, North Carolina. Again, there's a lot of teams. And I think, again, a lot of the who's going and getting drafted and who's not is also going to have a big, a big, you know, be very influential on the transfer portal, right? There's just so many factors with the transfer portal right now because you have who's leaving for the draft, um, you know who's coming in. Are they even they're looking? Are they looking to replace you with a transfer portal person? Right. So there's still a lot of decisions that haven't been fully thought out or made or even moved upon yet, and that's why you're not seeing a ton of names in the transfer portal. And some of these kids, they they have to have their their exit meeting with the coaches, right? Because in that meeting, you're going to yep. learn, hey, what do you expect from me this summer? Do you even want me here this summer? Just a handshake, get your ass in the portal. You know what I mean? So uh, I think there's going to be some tough meetings here coming up over the next couple weeks. And you know, you're going to see some strange names. You're like, wow, why is he in the portal? And then it's going to be more so of what the coaching staff wants not necessarily what the kid wants and vice versa. 
Right. Oh, man. It's going to be crazy times here. It's going to be crazy times here coming up. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to see what happens uh, when it comes to the transfer portal. I can't wait to see what happens with this upcoming week. What's going to go on with hoops? I mean, 316, like you are two wins away from a final four. A final four, only two wins away. Um, I cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for that. Um, it's gonna be pretty sick. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. It's gonna be sick. One team left in the Big Ten, and then it's gonna be. The- I think they got a sh- good shot at it. Like I said, I think they got a good shot. At it. I think you agree with me too. They do have a good shot at it. And that's all you can kind of hope for. You know, it's just. It's just having a shot. That's all you can hope for. Just having, yep. Just having a shot. Just putting yourself in a position for an opportunity, and they got it right here. And if you were to have money, you would probably bet on them. Seeing what's in front of them, nothing really scary. Nothing really scares me about any of these matchups. Um, uh, you no. do have a Kansas State team who's very talented, who's played in a very good conference. And they've been well tested, and Jerome Tang is proven to be legit. So we'll see how both teams prepare there. We'll see how both teams prepare there. Uh, it's in, in terms of who's, you know, you know who wants who has to stop who. And I think, man, this is going to be a one game where where they really get tested. Um, and we'll talk about that you know, matchup at a later date. I I do want to deep dive into Kansas State a bit more, but um but Kansas State has a has a has a couple couple pro guys. Uh they got the trans yeah, from Florida, uh Keontae, um, and they got Naquan Tomlin, like six ten, just real versatile forward. Um it should be a good game though. Either way, it should be a good game. But Keontae, that guy Keontae guy at Kansas State is like kind of the guy that I want a lot of big 10 teams to kind of go after, right? Like he's a guy that was underused at Florida. I mean, not underused. He was, he was good at Florida, but like, just like things weren't working out. Right. Go and find that guy. Yeah. He had the, he had the off, off the court issues. Off the yeah. Court. Go find that guy and, and say, and trust in your staff to fix him. Right. So that's a guy that can get you to a, a, a round of, you know, a sweet 16 game and possibly even, you know, final four. Right. Right. Because like you want to just all you gotta do is these little segments. You just want to win your little two game tournament. That that's it. Yep. That's it. And this is gonna be the second slate. I can't wait for it. But that's all I got today, man. Um, nothing crazy. But uh, I just wanted to just recap, recap the the uh, weekend and look forward to uh, another week. Yep, another another week, another what? Not not twelve hours of games, but sixteen hours of games this weekend. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, later, peeps. Later.